Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Cody Rydell. She is Diagnostic Laboratory Supervisor for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Kent, Ohio. Cody, how are you? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, tell me about a Diagnostic Laboratory Supervisor. What is that job and what does that laboratory do? Yeah, so the Davy Institute has a diagnostic lab. So this lab is open for all of the Davy Tree service lines and their clients to use. Um, we are a private lab, so you know Davy clients have to go through the Davy Arborist to utilize our services. So we are like a you go to the doctor to figure out what's wrong with you. We are a diagnostic lab, so we get samples, plant samples from all over the United States, and we tell people what's wrong with those. Uh, a lot of the times it can be insects, it can be mites, it can be fungal issues, bacterial issues. Um, so we can diagnose and tell people what's going on in their landscape and how to fix their problems. And then I'm sure as things come into uh, the country, we see new things all the time. And I'm sure that's, you know, an arborist can look at a hemlock tree and say, oh my gosh, it's filled with hemlock woolly adalgid. But if it's something new and they're looking at it, they're sending it to you, right? Right. So if it's something new to the United States or something they've never seen before, maybe it's a newer arborist who just wants to get familiar with the landscape. And a lot of times it's just people wanting to confirm what they have, whether it's an insect or a scale before they do treatments to make sure that they're doing the right treatments. So what kind of stuff have you seen in the last maybe couple of years that have been new? Um, new stuff. It's We have a lot of new stuff here in Northeast Ohio. We're close to all the ports, right? So we have the spotted lanternfly, the box tree moth, right? Um, and a lot of that stuff's at limited locations right now, and they're trying to quarantine different things um, to keep them from, from spreading to different areas. So, you know, we don't see a whole lot of new things. A lot, most of what we see is a lot of repeats and things that are already in the U.S. So tell me a little bit about how you keep up with what's going on where might be diseases or pests or, you know, how does that, how does that evolve for you? Yeah. So there's a lot of different networks that we're a part of, um, like the American Pathological Society for Plants, um, just staying up with like Ohio State has a great uh, extension and programs that they keep education. The most challenging part is keeping up with nationwide items, right? Um, luckily, Davy is a you know nationwide U.S. and Canada uh, company, so we communicate with a lot of the different departments in Davy to be on the same page, see what's going on throughout the country. Uh, what's going on in California, you know, oh, a storm hit Texas, they're gonna have some frost injury, this or that. So we, you know, we try to keep a communication line going on to kind of keep us aware of what's going on in other places. So if an arborist suspects, like, let's just say something like oak wilt, what would they send you? What would you need from them to be able to determine if this is or is not oak wilt? Yeah, so there are a lot of specific diseases that we need really specific samples for. 
oak wilt is one of those. So oak wilt, we would need like fairly large branches. We say about a foot long by the diameter of no smaller than your thumb. Um, so we need those live branches. If they're completely dead, it's less likely to get the pathogen from the branch. But if they're alive, we want something that's actively wilting. So we call this like the transition zone. So between that live and dead tissue is key because uh, that is where that pathogen is actively spreading. And that's most likely where we're going to detect it. So in that case specifically, how does the arborist know what to take? Do they contact you specifically for that thing or do they have like a sheet that says, OK, for for uh, sending a, a sample of oak wood, they need this, this and this? Yeah, so it's a combination. If it's an experienced arborist who's used this diagnostic lab before or another diagnostic lab, not necessarily Davies, um, they might know what to take. But for new arborists, and even if they are experienced, I encourage them to contact us and we can help direct them on what kind of samples to take. We have an internal uh, field guide for them to take into the field that has one sheet uh, information documents of with pictures of like, hey, if you're suspecting a root rot, this is what you send. If you suspect um, oak wilt, this is what you send. Canker diseases, leaf spots. And we have all of that kind of simplified into one document for um, arborists within Davy to use. When is your busiest time? Ooh, um, anywhere from May, June to September sometimes. Um, it, the heat of the summer, you know, kind of something slow down, but spring is mostly when a lot of the new diseases and insects are coming out and emerging and people are out in the landscape. They see these issues, they call their arborist, um, and the arborist coll then collects samples and then sends them to us. You sent me some ideas on what to talk about. And how do you pronounce this? Abiotic issues. Is that right? Yeah. Abiotic. Yep. Okay. So what does that mean? So there's two very very broad categories that we group disorders into. And abiotic disorders is one of those. Abiotic means non-living agents. So these are issues in the landscape that are caused by non-living organisms or non-living, well, they're not organisms, they're just non-living agents, right? So this can be anything that can be compacted soil, uh, drainage issues, irrigation, Irrigation issues, lawnmower damage, weed whacker damage, uh, restricted root space. Um, you know, you talk so much on this podcast about planting the right tree in the right place, and all of those factors play into the health of that tree. So in the case of those issues, and I'm, I'm sure it's probably dependent on which issue they suspect, in that case, what are they sending you? So yeah, so a lot of times we can't always detect or confirm abiotic issues. So there's a challenge there. Um, they we try to get them to collect as much site history as they can from that client. Was this site recently, did they have construction? Is this sad sidewalk new? Did you maybe, you know, just damage these roots when you're installing this sidewalk? Um, we, the, that his site history is so important. And we have a submittal form that, that the arborist fills out with some of this information that they, they can supply to us. Um, so that can help us, number one. Number two, obviously the information that's, that arborist supplies on that form is key. Number two is pictures. If they that arborist can submit pictures of the site, maybe we can pick something up that they might be missing. Or, you know, I like to think of diagnostics as kind of like a puzzle. And we're just putting all those pieces together to hopefully find out what's going on with that plant. 
unfortunately, a lot of times we're kind of ruling things out in the diagnostic lab. So we are limited on what the arborist sends us. So most of the time they send us like a gallon bag, Ziploc bag of branches, leaves, and different pieces of that plant. And that we are limited to only telling them what we find on that sample. Um, so that's why it's so important for that arborist to collect a good quality sample that will help us diagnose what's actually going on. Um, and that's why we have this that manual that says, you know, how to collect samples. Um, so that is the key. And like we mentioned, a lot of times it's ruling things out. So we look for the insects, we look for the, the diseases, we look for, you know, spider mites. And if we can't find anything and that's the symptoms that that plant is ex uh, expressing that we see are consistent with abiotic issues and we don't find anything else, we can kind of come up with the arborist and work together and say, hey, maybe you should do some site investigation, look into maybe sending some roots, maybe look into getting the soil tested. Um, so we try to work with the arborist to figure out what's going on. Well, that was my next question was that as this process is going on, obviously then you guys are communicating back and forth. Like I didn't find scale. I didn't find spider mites. Let's, let's look deeper and see what's going on. So tell me how you got into this. What is your background uh, for this kind of job? Uh, I got into this. I was, I started as an intern working at the Davy Institute and um, I just stuck around. I went through my college in Kent State, biology, and I went for my master's in plant health management. Um, and that master's program was a great program for people working in the industry already. So I didn't have to stop my career to go to continue my school. Um, so that's kind of how I got. And I was just kind of a trained diagnostician as I worked with Davey and I uh, worked my way up into the company and now I'm lab supervisor. And so tell me a little bit about what you get out of a job like this, uh, like you said, solving the puzzle. Yes. So it's always learning. We're always learning in the lab. Uh, we never, like a lot of the things we see are repeat issues, right? Rhizosphere needle cast, anthracnose, uh, the scale, the spider mite. Um, but it's really, it's fun to find something that you've never seen before. It's fun. It's also challenging, right? Um, so it's really fun to come to those conclusions. And from my take, you know, we're helping our industry by supplying with them with answers and supplying them with correct management techniques. So paint me a picture of this lab. How big is it? What, what are there microscopes everywhere? What would I see if I walked through the door of your lab? Yeah. So it's actually quite, we got some nice windows in the lab, which is nice for natural lighting. Um, we, you walk into the lab, you'll see a bunch of the microscopes are key. And that's how we diagnose most of our issues is by microscopes. Microscopes. We have compound microscopes, we have dissecting microscopes. And by using those two together, we can really figure out majority of the time what's going on in those plants. Uh, we have, you know, also like a culture wall, which uh, in the summer is flooding full. Um, so a lot of the problems in the landscape are fungal issues. So we sometimes have to culture them. And that means kind of try to give the fungus the environment to sporulate and reproduce. Um, and that's can, how we can identify them. So this culture wall in the summer is in the spring is just full of stuff looking for cankers or fungal leaf spots or anthracnose. Um, and we're waiting for that fungus to sporulate or we're just checking to make sure 
is it fungus and are ruling fungus out, right? Um, we also have a small corner in the lab for some of our molecular work. So we are getting into, well, we've been doing it for the few, past few years, is ELISA testing. Um, this test detects certain proteins of a pathogen. So some of the harder things to culture or some like bacterial leaf scorch is a good one for that. We have a test for that. Uh, verticillium wilt, you know, it's a vascular wilt disease. We have an ELISA molecular test for that. And we're working on expanding a lot of our molecular tests as well. But most of the work is done by microscopes and um, the molecular testing. So we have a lot of equipment in the lab too. So that we have like a biosafety cabinet. We are a USDA permitted facility. So we have to have certain equipment to uh, contain any issues or diseases or insects that come into our lab. So we have a lot of larger equipment on autoclave, a biosafety cabinet um, that, you know, take up a lot of space, but they're necessary to uh, contain everything that comes into the lab. We don't want anything spreading out and infecting Ohio. If it's from Texas and it's never been to Ohio before, we don't want to cause any issues. As someone who's based in science, when you do get a sample in, do you sometimes look at it and just say, oh, I bet you that's this, this, or this, but then you've got to go through the test? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we get a lot of boxwoods in. Uh, oh, it's leaf miner. It's boxwood mite. It's, you know, volutella blight. Um, so we can name the common ones, and the, a lot of the symptoms do match up with the diseases or insects. Let's say something like that, a boxwood with leaf miner. When you just look at the leaf, I'm assuming you're just going to know that it's leaf miners. Do you have to, though, take it another step? Do you have to do, you know, cut it open and look at it and confirm it? I'd like to, yes. Uh, I mean, we are a diagnostic lab. So, you know, on my perspective, we should go that extra mile, right? You can do that in the field, and that's great for arborists. But even arborists can open up that leaf and look for the larva inside. Um, and sometimes that larva is not present. So it's still good to open up that leaf to make sure it's not a fungal leaf spot. Um, symptoms can be kind of tricky sometimes. So we always try to confirm and find that pest or look at those spores before we make a conclusion. What are the, like the number one things that you see that are repeats? Yes. So the three most common ones we got get besides the abiotic issues, right? Um, are spider mites, which are tiny little mites that crawl all over the foliage they have like piercing and sucking mouth parts. So they'll pierce leaf tissue, um, suck out some of the nutrients. And then this can cause like a, like a silvery stippling, speckling appearance on the foliage. Um, they can be a serious issue. Uh, most of the time, natural predators and natural processes will sustain those populations. Um, another common issue is anthracnose. This is a fungal disease, there's, this is a very broad category. So it's not one pathogen that causes it. There's many species that cause anthracnose. Um, some common plants of you know, deciduous trees are a very common host of this disease. So your maples, your oaks, your elms, your dogwood, your sycamore, your birch. Um, this disease infects when the leaves are very, very small and just emerging. And um, as the leaves emerge, you'll start to see the symptoms. And typically you'll see like some irregular necrosis or browning on the leaf tissue. Sometimes the leaves will be distorted or curled. Um, we see a lot of that. And 
there's more than just those hosts that I listed. We find it on a lot of things. Um, and very common fungal disease. And then the other third one would be uh, little insects called scales. So these are also very hard to see. Um, similar to the spider mites, they have a piercing sucking mouth part. So they'll pierce the tissue, suck out nutrients. So that's how they damage the plant. Um, these ones are very hard to see. Sometimes they're very camouflaged into the bark or the leaves. Um, but those are the three most common. Since you have a distance between kind of the arborist is the middleman, when you do diagnose something that is fatal uh, and you have to tell the arborist and now he's going to have to tell the customer, is are you able to keep that distance, you know, and kind of look at it from a science perspective? Yes. Um, we, we just communicate between the arborist and the arborist then communicates to the client. We can obviously help that arborist if they have questions or, you know, help prepare them and prep them with material before they have to talk to their client. So they know they can educate their client of what's going on. And maybe if they want to replant, what can they replant with? Here are some alternatives. That way this problem won't happen again. Um, so, you know, between different parts of the Davy Institute, our diagnostic lab, or some of their technical advisors, you know, we are there to support them and provide them with some answers. When my arborist came to me and told me I had oak wilt, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it's, what it is. Nothing we can do about it. it. It's it's nature. You know, we can treat it as we can treat it, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, before I let you go, tell me the the best thing about your job, the most fun you have doing your job. Oh, the most fun is the plants. I mean, I've always been outdoorsy. I've always loved the outdoors. Um, being, you think in the diagnostic lab, we don't really get out for work very much, which is a good and bad thing for Ohio, right? <laughs> uh, the weather is not always something you want to be in all the time. But, um, you know, when I'm not at work, I'm usually outside spending time with plants. But even at work, it's nice because it's, like I said, the challenge piece of it and then putting those pieces together um, kind of like figuring out, looking at the different signs and symptoms that's on that plant, um, making conclusions, helping people in my industry and with Davey. Um, those are the biggest, my biggest takeaways that I have. Well, that was great, Cody. I appreciate your time. And boy, that was really interesting. Uh, one of these days I'm going to come and see that lab. I got to yes. see. <laughs> You're welcome. Come anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you. I found that to be fascinating. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a big favor. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show. And if you've got an idea for an episode, maybe a comment, send us an email to podcasts at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.